Let's jump into today's message. Last week, uh, we started off uh, with, with this Unstuck series, and <laughs> last week was a pretty rough message, if I may listen. I went and listened to it again, and I thought to myself, yo, if this wasn't the Holy Spirit, <laughs> uh, people might have been offended, but I got so many people telling me, thank you for saying what you said. Thank you for stepping out and just being willing to, um, to speak that truth in love and and so I'm encouraged by it uh, sometimes I say things that I'm afraid of myself um, I think to myself my goodness people are going to hear that and run <laughs> and then and then I, I go and listen to it again and I I, I I just get that confirmation from God the Father that you know what these things are very very necessary um, you know you, you don't get stuck uh, just for no reason, you probably get stuck for pretty severe things in, in, in severe, and sometimes we need to meet severity with severity. The Bible says that the kingdom of God suffers violence, but the violent take it by force, right? And so it's necessary for us to sometimes dig into some things that have caused us to, to, to become stuck so that we can get unstuck and continue to walk the journey that God wanted for us. And so um, if you are intrigued about what that is all about, I'd go and listen to message one of the Unstuck series, um, and you'll hear uh, just how, um, you know, I believe God encouraged us as children to, uh, to, to get unstuck in the, in the area of our emotional lives. All right, so today we're going to talk about not so fast. So we've started fasting last, uh, last week, and uh, I don't know about you, but man, this week's Fasting did not really go that fast for me. Um, I, I, I was able to partially fast some of the days and other days it just kind of like went, went out under me and I, and I didn't fast at all. And so uh, this week I'm, I'm going to renew my effort to try and get into some, um, some more of a rhythm of it and in it. And so I want to encourage you today with today's message to join me in this uh, time of focusing and this time of uh, getting unstuck from illusions and focusing on God's truth about our lives. Amen. And so uh, in week uh, <clears throat> today, we're going to look at a king called Jehoshaphat. Jehos- Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat. That is a difficult name to say. Um, and uh, uh, sometimes, you know, it's, it's necessary to just shorten these names and give them nicknames. Um, but I don't know if JFAT will, will just will suffice for today. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue to use Jehoshaphat if you will, uh, uh, you know, bear with me if I stumble over that name a couple of times. Um, he was 35 years old. He was a godly, um, he had a godly father named Asa. Um, and, but like all of us, he made some mistakes. And uh, some of his greatest mistakes came from a bad friendship. Um, anybody made some mistakes in relationships? You partnered up with the wrong individual and ended up not so great. Um, and uh, he made decisions without asking God and uh, uh, what he needed to do. And uh, it kind of led to um, him, you know, uh, feeling the consequences of that. But you can join me in Second Chronicles 19. Um, and it says something about King Jehoshaphat. Uh, it says, They lived in Jerusalem, and he went out among the people from Beersheba to the hill country of Ephraim. And then he says, He turned them back to the Lord. So this king, Jehoshaphat, came to being a king at a young age, and he kind of recognized some of the things that went wrong. And he went into his kingdom, and he turned people back to the Lord. Um, it's amazing how, you know, when, 
one, one good decision can affect so many people, especially if you are in leadership and in, in a place of influence. And let me just say this, everybody has influence with somebody. Um, you might have influence with your friendship group at school. You know, you might have influence over your classroom. Influence over every, every parent has influence over their child. And one good decision uh, have the ability to just change the destiny of a whole lineage. Um, one father deciding to serve Jesus, uh, 90% of the time leads to his family also deciding to come and serve Jesus again. And so I want to encourage you to, to listen to today um, because it's for you to make this decision to lead people around you, whomever you are in an influential position over, um, to make some decisions to lead them back to the Lord. We'll skip a chapter and we'll go to chapter 20 of Second Chronicles. And it says the following, And after this, the armies of the Moabites, the Ammonites, and some of the Muonites declared war on King Jehoshaphat. Messengers came and told him that a vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. Everybody has received like bad news, like threatening news in the lives before, right? Like you heard something that happened and it was going to directly impact you. Um, we recently, uh, last year, faced uh, an incredible moment of complete chaos when uh, it, it looked like our visas wouldn't be renewed. Um, <laughs> there was a minute there where there was like utter stress and anxiety. We heard this tiding and it felt like this. It felt like somebody said, look, there's an army ganging up against you and they're coming for you. Um, you remember that time when you received that word, received that news, there's layoffs happening at work and you're probably one that's going get, to get, get it. Um, everybody's received news like that that came as such a threat to your existence. I want us to look at how the king, Jehoshaphat, the one who made this decision to turn people back to God, how he responded in this moment of anxiety, anxiousness, this moment of, of stress. Because it's a, it's a real pattern for us to follow um, and also to encourage us in this minute where we are stepping into pursuit of God. Jesus to be the center of our lives and our thoughts and our agendas again. Um, and I don't know where you're at and where you're at with Jesus, but I do know that he's got an incredible plan for your life. And, and if you will say yes to it, it will progressively. And let me, let me, let me just be very truthful with you. You're going to walk out here today and probably nothing will have changed except something might have shifted in your heart internally. But that is enough to start manifesting a change outward. If you will stay consistent with that thing that's changing on the inside of your heart, it'll lead to outward effects. Uh, but sometimes we expect our circumstances to just, you know, <laughs> just change. And um, I think it's probably because we, we watch too many Disney movies, you know, um, where we think that God is also just magic. You know? No, God's not magic. God works in a very real realm, but he does so supernaturally. In other words, he helps us to, despite of reality, keep doing what is necessary to change that reality. Beyond our ability, he helps us to change our reality. God is a real God, and he lives inside this realm with us through the Holy Spirit. 
And we know he's, he's, he's outside of it as, as you know, om, om, omnipresent uh, being. But he chose to live with us here by his Holy Spirit. And so he does not expect, he does not work with magic. He works with normal life. But he enables you to change this life if you will follow in his footsteps, follow in his guidelines. And so today we're going to look at some of this. We're going to look at how to, uh, what happens when we follow in these guidelines and how fasting and prayer plays a big, big, big part of doing that. So let's get going. Um, I want to say this, that prayer and fasting shouldn't really be a last resort. And I know some of you might have come here today as like a, a last-ditch effort to just see if there is something left, if something can still make sense. And I want to tell you that, yes, life makes sense with God. Even amidst all of the illusions that are out there uh, and, and the, the lies that the enemy tries to throw at us, to throw us off course, ultimately life makes sense with Jesus. And so um, I want to just encourage you, grab hold of the word today, because it doesn't matter where you come from. God can take you from anywhere you're at, and he can bring you forward. He can bring you back into his perfect plan for your life. So consider, even if you feel like, man, I don't deserve this. I don't, I, I, you know, I haven't prayed for, for however long. I haven't, you know, read the Bible for however long. I, uh, consider trying to start this time instead of trying to prove yourself worthy to God first and then say, okay, well, th at, th at that point, I'll open up my Bible again. At that point, I will try fasting again. Fasting is not for the spiritual. Fasting is for the desperate. Fasting is for those who really need God. And so it's, it's for everybody because we all really need God. But some of us, I believe, here today might just be more desperate for God than we've been in a while. And so um, see it not as a last resort, but as a first response. And it, I promise you, it's going to have an incredible effect on your spiritual journey. Sometimes we get so busy with our plans and our, our direction that we're in that we kind of um, neglect to ask God's opinion about where we were going. Uh, we have it all figured out. And all we're asking God is just for this to work out the way we wanted it, right? And uh, um, last week I shared a story about <laughs> a family in our church who, who, just, who just realized that, you know what, if God don't make the plans, then <laughs> if God doesn't direct our steps, then our plans are probably going to lead to not, not so much life for us. Yes, it will probably have some, you know, vestige of, uh, um, you know, uh, I'm happy, you know, I'm glad that it worked out my way. But there isn't going to be the life that you really seek. There isn't going to be that fulfillment. There will be a, a dissatisfaction, even in the midst of the greatest success, because the Lord is not directing those plans. And so I want to encourage you today as we step into this. This is about us asking God, Lord, my plans are they fulfilling your will in my life? Are they pleasing to you? Are they, are they producing the outcomes that you want for me? And then asking God to say, well, Lord, and giving him the permission to change it. It's like, Lord, anywhere, any bit of this that you want to change, I want to declare to you today that you are the center of my life. Nothing else matters. And I'm willing to change it according to your plan. According to your plan. Um, if we will, if we will um, do it like that, I believe God has the ability to lead us. 
You see, we have to truly submit to his leadership before he can guide and direct us. It's possible for us to just follow our own plans and, and literally put God uh, you know, in the corner of our lives. It's possible to be saved and go to heaven, but still just following our own minds. And the best place in Christ, the most intimate and the most fulfilling place in God is where you actually lay down your plans and ask him, God, what do you who have for me? And how do you want me to conduct my life, invest my time, invest my time here on earth? Um, but I also know that fasting isn't always easy. Um, I don't really like to fast. Uh, I don't like to be hungry, to feel hungry. Um, sometimes when I get hungry, it feels literally like somebody removed my stomach. Uh, how many of you felt like that before? It's like when you get hungry, it's not like, oh, I, I better eat. No, it's like, is this edible? <laughs> is this edible? <laughs> like, I, sometimes, I feel desperate. So um, I, don't enjoy, I don't enjoy fasting at all. Um, but I know that the sacrifice is worth it. So what happens when we pray and when we fast? Um, and how does that relate to us giving Jesus control in our lives? The first thing that happens when we, uh, when we fast is it fixes our focus. It fixes our focus. That's why this little scripture verse was so significant to me this morning when I, <laughs> when I picked it up. Help me turn my eyes away from illusions. Help me turn my eyes away from illusions. We are focused on so many things. So many things draw our attention away from Jesus. And Jesus wants us to stare into his face and to experience the joy of him looking back at us with affirmation and acceptance and then turn us to walk side by side with him into what he has for us. Um, We are distracted in so many ways. And, and here's, here's what distraction does. Distraction makes intimacy impossible. Distraction makes intimacy impossible. How many of you married people have, have at times, just like life would just happen, right? And then after a while, you, 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 you reach that point where you see your wife and you just go, my goodness, I haven't been, I haven't been seeing you for a little, for, for a minute. And it's almost like you see her again for the first time. And, and, and when your focus shifts <laughs> and you see your wife and you just go like, my goodness, you're beautiful. Oh, wow. I just, you know, I just, I just love being married to you. Moments of intimacy come when we focus on the object of our love, right? And with Jesus, it's the same way. If, if we get distracted through the, the cares of this world, through, you know, the, 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 the responsibilities that we have, through, you know, our mistakes or whatever the, the case may be, all of those things rob us of intimacy. They rob us of intimacy. They divide our heart. They discourage our soul. And they disrupt our priorities. Honestly, when our focus is diverted away from God, everything else goes out of whack. Everything else goes out of whack and it becomes just this downward spiral that you seemingly can't fix. Well, where you need to start fixing is, is your focus. What are you focusing on? What gains your attention the most every day? Fasting helps us to just say, all right, what have I been focusing on? My goodness, I've been so, so deep into this. I've been so, I've been so busy with that. I've, 
My focus has been diverted. Let me focus my attention again on God. Let me focus my attention on His love for me, on my identity, who I am. Let me focus my attention on what He says to me in His Word. Prayer increases our connection with God and fasting decreases our connection with the world. It's when we say no to things that cause us to lose our focus, that we decrease connection with it, that we're able to actually start giving our focus back to to the one who will, when directing our steps, lead us to life, lead us to joy, lead us to fulfillment, lead us to peace. In 2 Chronicles uh, 25 verse 5, Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord and he prayed, O Lord God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler of all kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. Now just remember, a minute ago, he received word that he's being attacked. Just a minute ago, he realized that his life But not just his life, his kingship, his whole livelihood is in danger. And everybody else's. He's about to lose, potentially lose everything. But notice something here. He doesn't pray about that at first. Right? He goes into a moment of focus. Who is this God that I'm praying to? And let me acknowledge that. In our, in our, in, in our um, church, we love to say, we love to honor God. We love to honor God. And honoring God is acknowledging His worth. That's why we start worship services with worship, with adoration. That's why we encourage people to not just come and, you know, kind of not engage in the, the singing part. It's not how we start a service. No, that is our first response is actually recognizing who this God is, that we're coming to listen to his word, to, you know, to listen to the word of, from him, to listen to a word from him through a preacher. We're acknowledging first and foremost who he is. We're elevating him above this issue that we're currently experiencing. Some people feel like I can't worship when I'm under stress. No, that's when you should worship most. Because if you don't, your focus will be diverted to look at your problem instead of your solution. And so it's in those moments that we have to remember most to worship. Jehoshaphat turns to God and he prays and he adores. He declares who this God is and he exalts God. He almost sets his own agenda aside for a second. By the way, my life is about to be taken. By the way, my kingdom is about to be stripped from me. But you know what? What's more important than that is that I remember whose I am. I remember who this God is whom I'm serving. Because ultimately that is more important than even my life. He was focused on God for who he was, not just what he could get from God. So many times when we're in crisis, the only thing we want to do is we want to get something from God. Let me tell you, nothing impresses God more, nothing pleases God more than when you set yourself aside and you acknowledge Him. In the midst of trouble, worship Him, honors Him more than when everything is going well. 
And so my encouragement to you is no matter where you are, no matter what you're going through, what you're trusting God for, set that aside for a second and get your focus right on the God whom you're serving. Who is this God that we're serving? He's the Lord Almighty. The Bible says He's strong and mighty in battle. And I'm going to need Him to battle for me soon, but it's time first to acknowledge Him and to glorify Him and to express my joy at Him being that kind of God to me. Why would the psalmist say, you prepare a table for me in the midst of my enemies? Surely your goodness and your mercy will follow me all the days of my life. It's because he has experienced this. Like he's, there's danger and yet there's joy and peace. You know, who can sit down and eat when their tummy is in a knot? Well, apparently we all should be <laughs> able to sit and feast at his table. Amidst the, the, the most darkest of moments. You see, it's all about focus. It's all about focus. When you focus on the problem, it becomes bigger. But when you focus on your God, He becomes bigger. And in Second Chronicles 20 verse 7, Jehoshaphat goes and says, Oh, our God. Did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people Israel arrived? And did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? What's he doing? He's remembering the faithfulness of God. He's remembering the promises of God. And he is quoting those things back to God. He said, Lord, you have done this. This is what you've done for me in the past. This is your promise for my life. So many times we forget that, you know, we are here by God's assignment. And I don't care if you were born here. You're still here by God's assignment. Else he would have had you somewhere else, right? Or he would have told you to move like he told us to move. We're here by his assignment. And last year in the midst of our moment of, <laughs> of stress, we were like, Lord, you brought us here. <laughs> we didn't say, you know, kick down doors to get here. You brought us here. For your purpose, for your glory, and we're here to serve you. And if you take us out, or if this takes us out, what can we do but glorify you and keep our focus on you? But we remembered, and so must you. Remember the things that God has broken through in your life before. Don't forget those things. Remembering the, the, the answers of the Lord in the past or the promise of God. So important because it focuses you on the right thing. It helps you to focus on your solution. God really wants to draw close to each and every one of us. He wants to be your friend. He wants to walk with you shoulder to shoulder and he wants to look at you face to face. He wants you to pursue his face. And pursue his fellowship above everything else. One guy said, fasting isn't denial. Fasting is pursuit. Fasting isn't about abstaining from food. It's about feasting on God. And so when you take a minute for the next 15 days until the end of January to fast with us, you're telling God, Lord, of all the things out there that I can be focusing on right now, of all the things that I can be feasting on right now, I choose you. I choose to fast. I choose to feast on you. Number two, what happens when we fast and pray is it declares our dependence 
on God. In verse 12, Jehoshaphat goes and says, Lord, we are powerless against this enemy, this mighty army that is about to attack us, and we don't know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. Sometimes we think that when we pray, we should already be in a place of victory. We should already be in a place where we know what to do and, 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 and we've been doing it. And that's just our religious mindset that thinks that we need to come to God perfect. It's the exact opposite. We don't come to God perfect. We come to Him broken and ask Him to perfect us. Josephat's just real before the Lord. He's like, God, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to fix it. I don't know where to start even with this. I don't know what you're wanting. I don't know. I don't know. He's just brutally honest before the Lord. He's not just brutally honest before the Lord. He's brutally honest before people. I don't know. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to fix this. He's looking at this massive army and <laughs> it's almost like at times, when things are so big you can't do anything about it, that you know you need to turn to the Lord. That's the only thing that you can do. But what if you feel like, man, this is manageable. I can do this. And we believe an illusion that I don't need Jesus. I got this. In any circumstance where you're at, it's best that you declare your dependence on God, even for the things that you've kind of gotten used to doing. Keep on declaring your dependence on God. And so every single one of us can, can take a minute to, to feast on God, to fast and to pray about this year coming, and to ask God to help us to overcome the things that are going to come. The beauty of that is that you might not know what's happening in your life, three months from now. But God does. And if you obey Him in certain things that He's guiding you in right now, you will be prepared for the things that come, no matter how big or uh, you know, daunting they might seem. He might even share with you things that you need to be careful for, that you need to prepare for. I mean, what friend wouldn't warn his friends, right? God wants to actually walk with us and warn us about things. He wants to let us know what's about to happen, but He just doesn't just share that with anybody. He shares that with those who care to draw close and listen. And God wants to do that for you. He wants to help you to set you up for a victory. So don't think that you've got it. Focus in. Declare your dependence on Him. And you will be prepared, way better prepared than you could ever be for what might come. Sometimes we need to realize that it's not willpower that gets us out, but it's a higher power that gets us unstuck out of things. And it's especially for those of us who are kind of comfortable. It's kind of, everything's kind of going according to plan. How many of you have reached out to God in times of crisis and then when the crisis disappears, so disappears the, the willingness to connect with God? Fasting helps us to get consistent again. In all things, declare our dependence on God.
Fasting is a desperate measure for desperate times for those who know themselves to be desperate for God. Some of us recognize that we're desperate. Some of us live under the illusion that we're not desperate, that we got this. Let me tell you, life is so fickle. Life is so fickle. Take a minute to press into Jesus and let him speak to you about this here. Let him show you the things that might be coming your way. But let him also show you the opportunities that you need to capitalize on, that you need to pivot for, and that you need to be ready to receive from. He wants to share so many secrets with us. If we will just listen. Fasting declares our dependence on God. The third thing it does is it boosts our reception. We teach our children that God is always speaking. He's a vocal God. In the mornings when we go to school, we do, um, we do alphabet praise. And um, so when we got to V, uh, it was like, there aren't that many V words. <laughs> vocal is a big thing. And, and our children expect God to speak to them. But we've, most of us, me too, I've grown up not thinking that God is vocal and intimately involved. We grew up to think of him as, you know, the great man in the sky. You know, that unknown, kind of like, you know, in the shadows, you know, the big boss, the man upstairs. Um, please don't call him that. <laughs> please don't ever call him that. That keeps him in a space of non-intimacy, in a space of distance, in a space of separation from you. His correct term is my father or my dad. If you really want to, you know, in our culture, understand intimate connection with him. That is the correct way to refer to him. My dad. Because he wants to be close. He wants to be intimately involved in your life. But if you will tune in, you will receive the, the broadcast. It's like a radio, Right? If the radio is kind of off, there's a lot of static and, 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 and they might be even like dual broadcast. Have you all, you know, kind of traveled? And then at some point there's like, there's another station that is also broadcasting on that same frequency. And so you get the, you're like, whoa, something right here, you know. <laughs> they're they're, they're content, competing for that frequency. What really needs to happen is you need to tune in to the right frequency. And sometimes when you're in, along the journey of life, you know, you need to change the station because that frequency got kind of like marred with something else. And so you need to do something different. Fasting helps you to tune in again and receive. It enhances your perception, your reception. Fasting is not to try and get something from God in terms of our salvation. Fasting is, is, is banking on the fact that we are saved and that we are able to connect with God. It's a connection issue, not a salvation issue. So we're not doing this to impress God so that we might one day go to heaven. No, that's a religious mindset. The kingdom of God is about relationship with Him. And so it's really inviting us into a connection, an intimate place of talking, relating. And if we fast, we fine-tune that frequency and we start receiving those words. We start receiving that love, that affirmation, and receiving that identification. 
receiving that encouragement that says you are mine. Everybody needs that. 2 Chronicles 20, um, verse 13 and 15 says this, As all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives, and children. Very important. Don't exclude your children from this fasting time. Like we, we've tried to, and, and we've gotten probably about three, three afternoons where we were able to actually read Scripture with our children. It was not perfect. But you know what? I had the most significant moment with my one daughter during the one. I was trying to tell her how and what to do and, 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 and instructing her on, on, on how to read the Bible and pray it back to God. And she said to me, I don't want to do this. And I said to her, baby, I really want you to do this because I really want you to learn how to spend special time with your heaven dad like you spend special time with me. And tears just start flowing out of her eyes. And she told me, but I don't, I don't have special time with you, dad. I'm like, how and what, what, what do you mean? It's like, it's like, every time I ask you if you can come and play with us, you tell me that you have to work. Dude, my life just drained out of my face. I was like, that's the one thing I never wanted my kids to say. And boom, there it is. And I said to her, babe, I'm so sorry. I could have justified it. You know, I work from home. Often they ask me to play with them in the early afternoons. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, girl, I gotta, I'm, I'm still on the clock. I'm still working. <laughs> I could have justified it. But in that minute, I realized that it's not about what was actually, you know, happening in, in my, 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 my reality. What she, she needed to get an explanation of what she wanted to know was, do I want to have special times with her? And I said to her, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm going to do better this year. In fact, can we start today? Why don't we do this here? Why don't we do it together? And the other kids were off to their own, and they were reading their Bibles, and they were you know, reading through it. We have, we have a little binder for each of them where we do Bible study, and they just keep adding stuff to it. And they were kind of like paging through that and all that. But I sat with her, and I had a Bible study with her, and I read with her, and we prayed together. And you know what it's like? That moment there, fixed like a whole history of you know her experiencing me saying no to special time with her and and i just realized how important it is for me to uh, to stay aware of what's going on in their little hearts um and uh and not to imagine and think that everything is just okay because you know what i'm in the ministry you know and i'm i'm serving god with my whole life and everything they experience me as just the same dad as, as your kids experience you as being dad that is off focusing on other things except for other than them. And so I have to be aware and I have to make sure that I include my children in this minute. Um, but they were standing there with their ones, their wives, their children. The Spirit of the Lord came on one of the men standing there. Interesting. They were in a company and the Spirit of the Lord didn't come on Jehoshaphat. <laughs> Right? They, he was praying and asking for God. He was, but God didn't bring the solution through him. He didn't speak to him. He spoke to one of the men in his company. Are you in a company of women or a company of men where you can sometimes receive the word of the Lord through them, not through yourself? Fasting is not something that's just done on our own. 
God wants our lives to be in community with each other. And I believe as a church, we've got a great focus on that. But we all need to continue to invest in that company. Invest in being a part of a group, part of a life group, where we are praying together, praying over one another, sharing what's going on in our lives. The Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. Not a leader, not a significant person, just one of the men, right? He said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, qualifying, not significant in man's eyes, but significant enough in God's eyes to bring one of the most incredible instructions that you'll see in a minute through. He said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do you have people in your life that'll tell you, listen, friend, this is what the Lord says. Sometimes we can think of ourselves as so, you know, so accomplished and so in tune with God that we don't want to listen to what other people tell us that the Lord is saying. King Jehoshaphat humbled himself to listen to this man. Here's what happens, point number four. What this man said invites God into the fight, and that's what fasting does. Listen to what it says. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. But you will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. Listen to what he said. The battle is not yours, it's the Lord's. And yet he did not tell him, all right, now just go home and have fun. He said, no, come and position yourselves. Go out against them tomorrow. But realize that you're not going to be doing the fighting. But if they went and didn't position themselves, man, they would have disobeyed the instruction of the Lord. And it would have turned out differently. Fasting and praying is us coming and positioning ourselves. It's saying, Lord, we don't know what to do. We don't know where to go. We don't know how to fix this. But we are here. We are engaging. We're putting our focus on you. We're tuning into you. We're declaring our dependence on you. And we're positioning, awaiting your breakthrough. We're awaiting you to move on our behalf. And if that means I need to make a couple of phone calls to, um, to, 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 to declare what needs to happen, to, to say what needs to happen, then so be it. If that means that I have to... Whatever it takes for you to position yourself to receive the victory you have to do. That's your job. That's your, your responsibility. They had to go out onto the battlefield. They couldn't just stay home. They couldn't just hide. They couldn't run away. They had to face that enemy. For you and me, that means that we have to face that financial crisis. We have to face that demon that is trying to wreak havoc in our lives. We have to face that relationship that has gone completely haywire. We have to face that mistake that we made. We have to face it. We have to step up to it. And then we have to, we have to present ourselves to it. Say, I'm here to receive the outcome of the Lord over this matter. 
I'm not here to exalt myself. I'm not here to, to, I'm here to receive. But we need to step out in faith, knowing that the victory will be gained on our behalf. But sometimes people think that this just means I, I can just check out. Whatever will be, will be. No, 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 no. This is not what it says. When, the, when we sing, the battle belongs to the Lord, what it really means is it means that we've stepped out in faith to see the victory. We've stepped into the battle. We've made ourselves vulnerable to the attack. In fact, we have invited the war to start. We're not checking out. We're not running away. We're not hiding. We're stepping into it with the expectation that something's going to happen. <laughs> That's going to help. Because really, I don't know what I'm doing. How many times it says to him, do not be afraid. afraid. Do not be discouraged. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. In moments of crisis, fasting is for the desperate. You don't have to just fast once a year. You can fast every month. In fact, it is advised to have regular moments of refocusing and asking yourself, have I been stepping out? Have I invited God into this battle? Or am I fighting in my own strength? Am I just following my own mind here? Or am I inviting God into it? And am I presenting myself to this battle by faith that God is going to work on my behalf? And what normally happens is when I get afraid, when I get discouraged, I want to step into the flesh. I want to go, hmm, you know what? Um, why don't I just have a couple of cannons, right, backing me up, right? And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step into this thing right now, and, but I'm, I'm not going to just do what God tells me to do. I'm, I'm also going to, you know, have some other backup plan. What does that mean for you? What backup plan have you got planned? Have you got going? If this doesn't work out, then I'm going to take control of the situation and I'm going to do it my way. And let me tell you that God's plans will, God's ways will produce his outcomes. Yours won't. Yours will lead to discouragement, frustration. It'll lead to fear. It'll lead to more losses than you really want. Point number five today is fasting is an act of faith. Because you're really, you're really risking it all by asking him to be the leader of your life. This is what verse 20, chapter 20, verse 21 says. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. <laughs> Just picture this, right? Stepping into the battle. And what they have is they have the worship team in front of the soldiers. 
Let me tell you, worship is warfare. Worship is warfare. Don't miss worship. You win battles when you come and you worship. You win battles when you're on your way to work and you worship out loud in your vehicle on the radio. That's why we have tinted windows. <laughs> so people don't think we're mad. But even if they do, so what? I'm a madman on my way to victory. Worship precedes victory. Worship precedes victory. Worship, I can't tell you how important worship is. Worshiping the Lord opens things up. Don't skimp on it. Don't be passive in it. Declare your attention, your, your focus. Declare your love. Declare your expectation. Declare your dependence on Him in worship. We say when you thank God after it happened, it's called gratitude. But when you thank Him before it happened, it's faith. These were walking in faith. Give thanks to the Lord. <laughs> His faithful love endures forever. Now, I don't know if that was like a, must have been like, you know, crazy. Because there they are singing, give thanks to the Lord on their way to being, you know, engaged in battle. It, it must have been a spectacular thing to see. The beauty is, at the moment, verse 25, uh, 22 and onwards says, The moment they began to sing and to praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to begin fighting among themselves, and they destroyed each other. King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather the plunder. Think about this. These armies destroyed one another, and all they did was step onto the battlefield that has been conquered on their behalf and they collected they collected some of us <laughs> wish that we were at that point right now right we were starting to collect but let me say this to you this is a picture of where your life ends up going if you declare your focus on god again if you declare your dependence on him if you tune into the things that he's telling you to do Increase your dependency on Him and act in faith on what He's telling you to do. Look, sometimes you're going to do things that you feel is taking you backwards. God's going to ask you to do something that you feel, I shouldn't, be, I shouldn't have to do this. But if you trust Him by faith and you do what He tells you to do, it leads to collecting. It leads to you walking into the victory. It's if you hang on so bad to your right and what is mine to, 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 you know, to protect and to have that you end up just having that and not receiving the blessing that God actually plans for you. Just let that go. Just let it go. Your right to be offended. Your right to be, your right to feel I don't have to forgive. Your right to not have to act. You're right to be right. You know, when, in marriage counseling, we often tell people, look, you can be right and be wrong at the same time. You can be right about what happened, but wrong about how you did it. 
Let that go. Trust God. Step out and do what he tells you to do. If you do it, it leads to his outcomes. They found vast amount of equipment, clothing, and valuables, more than they could carry. So much it took them three days to collect it all. On the fourth day, they gathered in the Valley of Blessing. What's it called now? The Valley of Blessing. What was it just a while back? The Valley of Tremendous Stress. The Valley of Deep Anxiety. The Valley of Curse. And, and yet now it's the Valley of Blessing. It says, and it got its name from that day. <laughs> so it wasn't before. And they knew that this was the valley of blessing. And if I go through this, it's going to be fine. No, it was an act of faith, but it led to a literal name change of a place. The identity of a place changed. God wants to change the nature of that relationship that you're in. He wants to change the nature of that interaction that you're in. He wants to change the nature of the trouble that you find yourself in. To a point where what was once a curse now is declared a blessing. What once was going to take everything from you now gives you more than you can carry. God has so many good in store for you if you will tune in this year. But there are things that can only come to us through this process. And sometimes we're just so unwilling to go there. We're so unwilling to trust God and move out of what we know and what we feel is right. Following our hearts instead of following his word. Instead of following his principles. His principles. So I want to close with this. God is inviting you to come spend time with him. So that you can present these matters to him. After you have declared your adoration and declared his worth, present the issue to him. That he might give you the steps that you need to take. That if you will put yourself into it, you leave the outcome to him. Now this all happened in a day, but let me just say this. Sometimes our life's issues don't resolve in a day. They don't. Some of them have come for a lifetime. Some of them is going to take a minute before they resolve. But the only way they resolve is if you faithfully, persistently take what's happening on the inside of your heart here today and you position yourself and you start trusting and you start waiting. The Bible says many times through faith and patience they inherit the promises. Let me tell you, being in the position of waiting for something, for a promise to come through is going to line you up in such a way in God's will that many other things will start happening in the process of you waiting for this one big thing to happen that will increase your life. Other victories will be like, like little spin-offs of you positioning yourself in this big thing. But don't let the one big thing that is delayed, that takes a while, discourage you if it tarries, if it takes a while. It simply means that you need to take your focus and become more laser focused in, in that area. It simply means that you mustn't back down.
and be destroyed, like Hebrews 10 says. No, we're of those who have faith to the saving of our souls, to the saving of our situations. Keep trusting God. Keep trusting God. This year, there's going to be things that resolve like this. But naturally, there's going to be some things that are like, it's like the same old, same old. You feel it's not resolving. How are you positioning yourself within it? What is your expectation within it? See, when your expectation remains focused on Jesus, the, the longest battles don't cause you to become depressed. Don't cause you to lose hope because you're positioned correctly. We're in the middle of our fasting time. We've got two weeks left. What can you do this week to just get into this focus place where you present the things to God that need His interaction, that needs His intervention? Where can you take a, a lunch or a breakfast or a, a dinner and instead of cooking and making food, gather your family, gather your people and say, let's, let's, let's forego of the connection on our normal routine and let's feast on God for a minute. I know that when we resolve to put Jesus first, His kingdom first, the Bible says that He ends up giving us the things that we need. He is faithful. He is faithful. Next week, I want to, I want to, I want to share some story, a story with you of, of somebody who's, who's really battled through something. And it's just such an encouragement to me to know that God is still in the business of healing. Even the deepest, deepest hurts. Hurts that we don't even know sometimes where they come from, but they're there and, and, they're, and they're persistent and they, they debilitate us. God is still in the business of healing. And I hope that it will encourage you. But this week, I want you to step out in faith and present yourself in the way King Jehoshaphat presented themselves. Put on some worship music somewhere. If, you're on, if you've got to commute to work, don't listen to the news. For this week, just cut that out. If you're ride sharing or whatever, don't sit in the back and do social media. Ask the car, man, can we make one good decision? Can we listen to some worship music while we're going to work today? If that's impossible, then just put it on your earphones. But make that decision for yourself. Get into that moment of worship. Get into that moment of focus. Declare who He is. Adore Him. Present your problem. And listen. Listen to Him instruct you. He wants to share with you. He wants to guide you. Let's all stand and pray. Heavenly Father, we want to come and... And thank you for reaching us in, a, in, a, in this time of our lives. Thank you, Lord, for, for stretching out your hand in this moment where we're at to help us to focus on you, to help connect us to the solution to the problem that we've been feeling.
Father, thank you for the joy that comes from connecting with you. The peace that comes from walking in your kingdom. We want to interact with you during this week. And we pray that you meet each and every one of us powerfully. We pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen.